Hello and Happy New Year everyone and welcome to another episode of Track by Track presented by Justin Inside Podcast. My name is Tim Burbeck, I am your host and yeah, welcome to 2021. Um, after the shithole year that was 2020, we hope and pray for better, brighter things for the year to come. Um, I thought I'd kick off this year with the second instalment of our Track by Track uh, feature. Uh, for those who aren't aware, we launched this last year with Sharp Tooth. The idea is I sit down with the artists that create an album and go track by track um, and talk about how the album came to be created, a bit more backstory into the album, into each track, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, um, before we kind of get into the episode deeply, uh, just kind of wanted to give a bit of a, a precursor to what sort of our plans as a show is for the year. So obviously we will be doing our regular uh, weekly chats with artists, musicians and so on and so forth throughout the year. We've got a couple that are backlogged from the tail end of last year, which will be going out in the upcoming weeks. But obviously we've got some more scheduled and planned for the future. Uh, Hopefully we'll be hitting episode 200 in the not too distant future. So uh, we'll be planning something for that as well. But also have been kind of thinking over the Christmas and New Year period of something that just wanted to kind of get a bit more sort of out of it for, for myself and maybe not educate, but just sort of shine a light on on other aspects of the musical world. And what my plan is, is I don't know how this will come into effect, but when there's kind of like uh significant events so uh, the the one that kind of springs to mind is like pride month and things like that is to kind of have it purely focus around like charities or organizations involved in the world of music that kind of help the these sort of um causes and so on and so forth so that's the plan i'm we'll wait and see how that kind of goes but yeah there'll be a lot more kind of talk about this um so yeah that's kind of pretty much it for the year ahead so yeah we're gonna crack on to our first episode of 2021 with as mentioned before track by track um and this episode features the record uh detriment by the band entry uh entry are a four-piece hardcore band from uh los angeles in america they were kind of formed off the back of vocalist sarah g and guitarist clayton stevens kind of uh, talking and wanting to sort of form a band, mainly, as Clayton actually mentions in this chat, to get Sarah on vocals, basically. Um, They're a band that are kind of inspired by the likes of Discharge, Minor Threat, Converge, Tragedy, and The Exploited. So there's a lot of kind of influence kind of going into into that. Um, This record came out last year in 2020, was put out on Southern Lord Records. So... Yeah, there's a kind of a lot to kind of dig into this. It's a it's a record that whizzes by. I think it's less than just over half an hour. Um, nine tracks, including an intro track. Um, but yeah, I sit down with Sarah and Clayton and discuss the record. So yeah, hope you enjoy it. But um, we will be back to our regular sort of one to one in depth chats this Tuesday. So that's the fifth of January. Um, and we will obviously be continuing that throughout the years. The years? The year, sorry. I mean, well, hopefully the years as well, but this this year for stars. This stars we mean to go on, Tim. So yeah, keep an eye out for, for those as they come out week by week. But for now, 
here's me, Sarah and Clayton going track by track. Uh, my name is Sarah and I do vocals in band entry. And I'm Clayton and I play guitar in the band entry. Uh, yeah, uh, we self-recorded the record um, in, uh, I guess, over the fall of 2019, I mean. No, it was the spring. Spring of 2019, actually. Um, and we, we did it basically uh, just in a couple of different spots, like at different practice spaces and stuff like that. Uh, just kind of threw it together. Um, and then let's let's and, and so yeah we we recorded it ourselves uh the bass player sean uh kind of led the charge on that and did most of the engineering and then the drummer of the band also chris he mixed uh the record and uh <clears throat> and then we sent it to will killingsworth and he mastered it and that's sort of the uh you know that's that's how we made it basically <laughs> no and in terms of sort of like any kind of particular themes or anything that run run through the album is there anything um, particular with that yeah i mean it's it's all my personal stuff <laughs> uh you know but uh it's really just a lot of it has stemmed from the past couple of years of just like emotional turmoil of just what's going on over here in our country. I'm sure also globally, but you know, just dealing with uh, politics and and a few things too that are separate from that, just like, you know, personal trauma, still dealing with that. So basically everything and how we came up with detriment was just like every single song is some sort of detriment either to myself or to society. Um, it just kind of all came together in that way. And in terms of kind of like the release, obviously, with it being on Southern Lord, and I think that obviously got a, a lot more kind of eyes on you guys as a band. So did you kind of feel like that there was not maybe a pressure, but that because more people were getting more ears on it, that you kind of wanted it to sound a certain way? Like, I think taking, for instance, to going with Will Killingsworth to master it, he has a specific sort of sound to, to him. So was that a conscious choice of, of yours going into this um southern lord didn't come into the picture till later really so like we actually recorded it um just to send to people and see who might be interested in putting it out you know we just kind of wanted to make something and then see what we could do with it after that just make something that we were really proud of um so that was really just the whole goal it didn't we didn't know that southern lord was going to put it out or anything like that when we made it and Will is a, he's a friend and uh, we really admire his work. So he's just kind of a no brainer for us to, to work with um, in, in that sense. Um, and then Southern Lord kind of came along um, a little later just through meeting Greg and he was a, a fan of the band, I guess, through friends of ours that 
know him and stuff. Um, and then we got to meet him in some shows. He, he invited us to play with Sun and uh, became, you know, became friends. So basically he heard the record and was like, I would love to put this out. It was kind of that simple. I knew I knew the only thing the only thing I really knew is that I wanted it to start with um something with that like sort of we call it the pogo punk beat <laughs> uh and just sort of that like just like immediate charge into the record and I think when that was something I came up with that um specific progression I did feel like pretty immediately like this is this is a first song and because obviously, you, like you mentioned that sort of pogo beat, but like for me, it's like if I give a bit of interest. So my one, what I'm always drawn to in music is sort of vocals and lyrics and and things like that. And obviously, Sarah, your voice comes in sort of barking like straight off the <laughs> off the bat, sort of thing. And like I think it kind of sets a tone for what how fast paced and aggressive this record is going to be. So was that something from your standpoint that? okay, like you've got Clayton coming in with this riff, but did you want to put your stamp on it straight away as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, so uh, my favorite part of the band is doing the vocals. So, you know, um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I, you know, I just try to do what feels right when we, when we make a song, like for me, and when I hear something, I just kind of a certain part clicks with me and I'm like, that's where it needs to go. And, you know, just having that, come right in like that it's I don't know it's hard to explain but it just felt right and I and I felt really good about the power behind it when we you know especially when we recorded it I was like yeah that's that's how it's supposed to be and I don't want to go I won't go on this like for each track but just to kind of give us some amazing view like when you guys write this again this might be specifically for you Sarah but like in terms of like putting like the lyrics to the songs are the songs complete when you're done or are you kind of like working in tandem, like writing lyrics to uh, whilst the songs are being kind of constructed? Uh, it's both. Sometimes I just am completely blank until I've listened to the song over and over recorded already. But sometimes, you know, while we're practicing and jamming on something, I have an idea and I just go with that and then maybe I'll finish it later. So it's both, but I, a lot of the time it takes a while for me to, like I'll listen and listen and then I'll be like, oh, that's that's how I feel about this and that's what I want to do with it. And Clayton, you said obviously like when you kind of had that sort of like pogo beat sort of thing and you knew that this was going to be the first track on the record, but in terms of writing this record, was it something that kind of came to you later on or was this one of the earlier songs that was written for the record? That was a, definitely an earlier one. Um, and that was sort of like, I weirdly kind of went into the record thinking like, like that um, I wanted to do more stuff that was the same like short songs, but instead of like part, part, it's, there's more of a, most of the songs have a verse chorus structure, usually not a bridge, just like verse chorus, verse chorus. Um, so that, and that your best interest does have that too. So like that, you know that 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 was kind of the thought I had is like I want like catchy verse, catchy chorus, but then just like kind of be done 
but it's super fun. And in terms of kind of like the the you kind of mentioned it there, like the the first chorus sort of aspect of of the song. Obviously, it's done within well just over a minute kind of thing, and. So in terms of like I I guess from a musical standpoint like when you're kind of constructing the song like are you conscious of like that brevity or is that just sort of like when you're writing like this feels like a natural stopping point kind of thing Um I mean a little bit of both like you know I mean mostly it, I'm not thinking about anything it's just like whatever feels good in the moment you know I just kind of go, go with whatever takes me there um, obviously there are some longer moments on the record, so it's, it's not like I'm totally tied to everything has to be short. Um, but, uh, I think we all are kind of into the, uh, philosophy of all killer, no filler. You know what I mean? Like if something can be shorter and it's, then I'm always kind of leaning towards that. Like I, I just, the type of hardcore that I like, the type of punk that I like, um, doesn't meander. Like I just, I just want a punch in the face and get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess kind of on that note, obviously say like that kind of punch on the in the face. And as I mentioned with you, Sarah coming in like straight off the bat, it is that kind of like the the record doesn't let up at all. But for this track in particular, it is that like quick, like fast paced bit. But then there's that minuscule slow riff in like towards the end so was that a conscious point to put that in as like uh okay you're going to get pummeled in the face but we'll give you a little break sort of thing <laughs> that's probably my idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, like Clayton comes in with like the, the strong riff and then I'm like but we need to you know <laughs> have this part yeah I don't remember specifically but usually there will be like the oh that's good but we should put a breakdown in there somewhere or something um and that one's kind of like that sort of like classic um i don't know like boston hardcore slow down moment or something like from the 80s and uh that that's the hardcore we really like love it's sort of the classic um you know punk punk hardcore stuff so you know just fun Really, if anything, it's just like that's it, it makes the song more fun to have that little thing at the end. Mm. And you mentioned there kind of like that kind of Boston sort of hardcore sound. And with each song, we'll touch upon it briefly, but there still seems to be kind of like uh, little sort of like nuggets of different sort of sounding genres of hardcore throughout, sort of thing. But with so again, with your best interest, was that kind of what you were channeling, like that kind of like sort of like late 90s early 2000s kind of boston hardcore sound um if anything i'm more referring to like the 80s like ssd like sort of like you know more of that type of stuff like that that the more metallic hardcore i like a lot of that stuff converge is definitely a band that we're all into um and we all like that sound but i think we're more like you know referencing minor threat than something that's more metallic and then in terms of sort of like lyrical content, Sarah, obviously, I've got to be totally honest, I've kind of found it hard to find some of your lyrics for some of these songs, so I'm going to ask a bit really. sort of vaguely. But with with this kind of song, like you said, kind of 
obviously each track has a kind of a, an element of it being either a detriment to yourself or the, the wider kind of world kind of thing. But was there kind of anything that you were particularly channeling for this song? Yeah, um, that one is pretty specific about, um, you know, like our legal system and, um, you know, when you when you get in trouble here and you have no money, you are screwed and no one has your back, you know, it's like a pretty, uh, pretty broad take on that. But uh, I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts about that sort of thing at the time and it was weighing heavy on me. But and and it's it's such a big issue here anyway. And just kind of a, on a broader scale, like obviously, I, I don't know. It might be something you've experienced personally, but because obviously the position you're in as as a band, sort of thing, do you feel that you need to say these things? Like I know, like hardcore and, and being political go hand in hand, kind of thing. But not, it's not everyone's cup of tea to take a political stance. So. I don't know. Did you feel that it was necessary to kind of address it in your music in that aspect? Um, I, I no, because I don't really feel that. I don't know. I I have a hard time picking a subject and then writing about it. That's not for me. Hmm. Like when I write a song, it's literally like what's on my mind right then. So for me to be like, I need to write a political record. I need to speak to the people. I can't do that. It's really just like these things are things I think about and that bother me and I want to write about it. I, I do think overall punk is an important place to be political, but personally I don't I don't have the power to actually like write a song that I think I need to write. It's just how I feel. I don't know if that makes sense, but... <laughs> So in that aspect, like again, I'm, I'm talking a bit more broadly about the whole record, but would you kind of say this is kind of like very much of a moment in time when you were writing it sort of thing in terms of what you're talking about? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, especially, you know, we had Trump come in in 2016. And since then, like, before, I mean, there's been huge problems since then, but I think like in the past few years just seeing how like family members and people like that deal with this sort of thing and how they're acting you know it's like definitely sparked something in me that's just made me extremely frustrated at all times so following that obviously you have um vulnerable and you mentioned obviously earlier like kind of having the kind of punk influences and stuff. And I feel like for me personally, this feels like the most kind of quote unquote punk song of the record. So I guess, I guess again, was that kind of like what you were sort of mainly channeling for, for this song? hundred percent. I mean, that song specifically, I, I, it's total like tragedy worship in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and especially the structure of the song was that that's kind of what I'm like that. Um, or From Ashes Rise, like that sort of like well-crafted um, punk song using the D-beat format kind of. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the reference for sure that I'm thinking in my head when, when I was coming up with it. And with this one, even though it's a little bit longer than, than your best interest, for you, Sarah, it feels like 
you're getting so much in in such a short space of time. So was that quite a challenge to kind of like get what you get everything that you wanted to say within this song? Um, you know, I actually this song was easy for me to write I remember and um, it's probably just one of my favorite ones as well but I don't know this one clicked with me super hard and I, I don't everything kind of fell into place with this song to be honest <laughs> it was pretty how, how so I don't know I just like immediately was able to just write a song to the music and it, it I don't know whenever we play it it feels really really strong for me and just since like I've it's not one thing that I usually pick up in general, but with the the title "Vulnerable," obviously that's kind of can be open to interpretation. So was that kind of, again a, an aspect that you wanted that people listening to this can kind of take away what they want from it, or are you being very specific on it? This song is actually very specific to me, but in I do feel like I I want the song to be open to interpretation because I feel like I probably do that with other songs that I like. You know, it's probably about one thing, but it makes me feel, you know, makes me think of something different. But this this one definitely is pretty specific to me. It, and and if you don't mind me asking, in, in what aspect? No, no, that's fine. Um, you, you know, it, it's it's about, and again, this is actually something that a lot of people deal with, but it is about me um, trying to overcome traumas from uh, just things that have happened in the past with with certain people and just trying and basically overcoming the guilt you feel. Um, sometimes you feel like you let something happen to you and, you know, over time you just have to realize like it wasn't your fault. So the whole thing is about, you may blame yourself for being vulnerable, but that's not, it doesn't mean it was your fault. And again, it's, you mentioned obviously the kind of like tragedy and the from Ashes Rise is kind of, worship in in those aspects and kind of going back to what i said earlier like each track having a kind of a distinctive like little nugget in in there kind of thing but in terms of i guess like fluidity of the record like each track there obviously there's signifiers and, and breaks and you, they stand apart but was there an element of kind of creating that fluidity through through the record because but in terms of also changing the styles up, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I had, I think I had a pretty good idea what I thought the track listing would be. And, but um, this one definitely wasn't for sure gonna be there. That, the, this part of the record, the track listing changed a few times. Like it was hard to decide, um, but I felt like, I think in the end we made the decision to just like, this one is another fast song, like really keeps it kind of chugging along. Um, mm. But yeah, no, it, it wasn't that this one specifically was not like, oh, this is an early song. Just, you know, it was another another song and had to figure out a good place for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, the, you know, the record is short and there's, you know, I, I knew what the beginning was and, uh, you know, we knew what the ending was. So like, there's not too much to change around within there. Mm. And just in terms of kind of, again, like for, for you, Sarah, in terms of the kind of, I know it's not like a huge leap in, in changing styles, but because obviously the 
the song flow is slightly different from your best interest and things like that. Is that a challenge that you enjoyed in terms of like, like mixing up how your kind of vocal pattern mixes with, with the style of music? I, I like it. Um, probably I just, I just like all different kinds of hardcore too. And so for me to be able to kind of do something different on different songs, it's, it's really fun for me. And just in terms of your kind of like tone of voice as well, because you've got a quite a distinctive kind of vocal that obviously runs throughout the the record. But I find like some vocalists kind of like want to sort of change their their vocal ways and things like that. But throughout the record, like you, I don't. This may sound like I'm being critical, but it's not at all. But like you're you're the constant, if that makes sense. So was that something that you you wanted not to kind of like play around with your voice too much that you wanted to be like, okay, Clayton's doing these riffs underneath, but you've got me being that barking voice throughout, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I kind of just do what, what feels comfortable coming out. Um, occasionally I do try to change things, you know, probably do it more live, but it just feels the idea it feels comfortable and I think it sounds good. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's cool. so so I just do that. <laughs> So then on to um, secondary, this for for me was the one, so as I previously mentioned, like usually I'm a person that kind of focuses on vocals and, and things like that. But this was the one where I really noticed kind of like a hooky guitar riff kind of running throughout it. So in terms of like that, was that a, an, a riff that you just had Clayton that, that you w wanted to bring to this? to to the band or yeah, is that, 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 that was an, the song? another one of the songs that i just had like i had just had the whole thing in my head you know mm. um it's short obviously um <laughs> it's the shortest song on the record right pretty sure um mm. and uh that one is again like it's sort of for me like um musically i'm referencing like skit system um and sort of the like swedish flavor of db um which has that like minor sound um as opposed yeah. to the um tragedy almost more major chord <laughs> feel um so yeah th this one is definitely that and then just like the um the chorus of it i guess is like a super chromatic riff that um to me like i love that type of stuff because it's just like furious <laughs> yeah it's it, so uh yeah that this was one that i had like ready to go this was a song i was just like i wrote and i probably wrote the song in five minutes like i just like <laughs> down on guitar and like, it just i wish i had that creativity you know like it <laughs> i don't like it's not even that it's just like i'm the type of person like when i'm inspired it's just like i come up with it and then like usually that's it happens pretty fast when it happens i can't, mm. I can't force it <laughs> this was one i picked up and very quickly was like oh i have a whole song here we go yeah and but like just in terms of that because uh, 
because it is so such a short song as you mentioned this this is the shortest one on the on the record but it does have like a kind of a traditional hook to it so was that quite like a challenge like i know you said like you kind of had the song complete but like i don't know was that something that you maybe subconsciously thought of like Oh, I've got this hooky riff, but I want to still keep it short. I mean, I want all the guitar, like all the guitar parts on it, like I want, or just the riffs in general. Like, I want it to just be catchy, like, because, really. like you said, like in hardcore, like this style of music where we're going, like, you know, our goal is to be like aggressive at all times and just be pissed off at all times. Like, the thing that's going to differentiate certain moments are those probably the the more musical hooks that can mm. bring you in. So that was definitely something that I really want. Like, again, kind of adopting that all killer, no filler, like whatever, whatever fat I can trim off of everything and just the parts that are the catchiest and distill it down to that. And then let Sarah go in and um, genuinely express rage over. That's, <laughs> you know, that's the idea. And then in terms of, of this one for you, Sarah, what what's the kind of things that you were pulling on for this? Um, I mean, this is a very, it's, it's weird because I wrote this last year uh, or maybe even longer. And it's really just about like, you know, regular people like us just having no power in this world. Um, and just, you know, and then this year we have a revolution and we, and it really is showing like going into the song, it's like, listen, we have no power, we have no say in anything. And then by the end it said, you know what, you know, fuck that, we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna take yeah. power back. So, and then, so for that to, that came out and then this whole year has just been like a prime example of that. Just being like, no. <laughs> so you, you saw the future for you, through your song then basically. <laughs> Pretty much, in very big terms, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then in, just in terms of kind of like the, because obviously all of your songs are quite fairly short. There's obviously ones that do kind of express themselves a little bit more. But again, I'm not saying this is a, a conscious thing, but with the kind of shortness of it, was there ever kind of a, a tendency to add and edit? Or as you said, Clayton, was it once you were done, you were happy with it and then kind of move on to the next sort of thing? This song, just this song specifically, I definitely had like, this is done. I feel confident about this one. It's good. Um, I, I like how short it is. It's like, I don't think this one needs anything, but there are other songs that we'll get to on the record that were um, a little more collaborative in that way. But this one specifically, it's just that. And, and in general, I try and adopt, like I said, the, the idea of like less is more. So like, if anything, I'm editing down what I wrote. Like when I go back and visit, like, you know, maybe I make a voice memo on my phone of a, a riff when I'm inspired. Um, and then I revisit it later. A lot of times I revisit it. I'm like, oh, I played it so many times when I was coming up with it. And then I just, I'll like cut it in half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, generally I'm like, whatever, we'll get it down to distilling it to its most, um, yeah, just, trying to trim everything off and make it as lean as possible. That's generally what I'm trying to do, but not, no, no steadfast mm. rule, but. And just in terms, cause this is more me being naive and not having any idea of how people write music because I don't have a, 
a musical bone in my body sort of thing. But when you say like, obviously with this, like this song's particular, you kind of had it finished and you were happy with it. Is it a case of like, obviously I know like obviously you're, you write stuff on the guitar and stuff, but in terms of like bringing in the, the drums and the bass and, and things like that, is that something that you kind of had like an idea of how the drum beats would sound and kind of played around with that? Or is that then something that you bring to the table and be like, I want it to sound like this. Can you do that? If that makes sense. It, more of that typically I think is, is generally, um, but for this song specifically, this was one I had mapped out all the instruments. I knew exactly what they were all going to do. Um, and like, even, um, you know, I mean, a lot of, I mean, it, it's hard. A lot of times that stuff does go hand in hand. Like I do want to give the other members um, freedom to feel like they can contribute to the stuff that I'm bringing in. Um, and they do contribute in many ways, but of course, like they'll be like, Parts where I'm like, well, there's this kind of this melodic bass part underneath that I'm I hear, you know. So um, they're great guys and great musicians who um, they I think see the same vision that I do for the band. So as as long as we're like open about it, I think everyone's cool to um, listen to what I have to say. But of course, be like, that's sick. But what if I did this too? And I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, that's cool. Like that that happens a lot too. Like a lot of times, I'll have a specific vision. And then we'll play it that way. And then someone is like, that's cool. But what if we slightly changed it to be like this, like this feel or this slightly different drum beat or this slightly different bass line or whatever. And then I'm like, oh yeah, it's actually cool. Let's do that mm. instead, you know? And Sarah, again, is that sort of something similar to, to yourself? Like, cause obviously where you're doing the, the lyrics and stuff, is that something that you're, I know you mentioned earlier, like it's a kind of a mixture of sort of how you write, but once you've kind of got the end products kind of thing, are you sort of like okay this is what I've got or are you open to sort of like collaborate a, a bit more and, and whittle it down sort of thing um I I think a lot of people just don't even want to try to touch uh <laughs> criticizing the vocals <laughs> <laughs> just because it's 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 so hard already I mean writing and just like performing vocally is is just challenge it's hard um but i i think usually i i come up with what i like and then we'll play the song together and i'll be like do you like how this sounds or do you like the pattern you know for the most part i think we've just kind of agreed on everything in that aspect on um, you i don't think we've really had too many changes but it's i mean it's it's just a tough thing to even change once you've done it <laughs> But she's also like playing that, um, you know, at times playing that sort of like conductor role, like, because, because she doesn't have an instrument in her hand, I think you can have that sort of be a little more subjective, like you can listen from, you know, you're not playing, you're not thinking about playing, so she has that perspective on the song, so when, while we're writing a lot of, you know, she's um, putting in like, oh, I liked this, I liked, didn't like this, or like, if this part was longer, this would work for this, or, you know, stuff like that, that sort of there's those minor changes that inspire the right feelings for her, because in the end, like I said, what, what for me personally, um, and I think for the other guys, like, we're just trying to put out a good palette and a good platform for Sarah to express genuine rage, because that's that's what it is to me it's like it 
needs to be genuinely mad and genuine, genuine. And so whatever makes her feel that way, um, that's, that's going to be the best. You're going to get the best performance because everyone's locked into it. You know? Yeah. And I guess that kind of goes back to kind of what you were saying. I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but with your best interest that when you're saying like that, that sort of slow bit at the end, like Sarah, you said that was probably your idea. So is that something that you're like, not afraid to sort of say to the guys like, Oh, maybe like if there's a bit that you kind of need to squeeze a few more words in sort of thing to kind of like, elongate or, or shorten is that something that you're happy to kind of put your input to oh i do all the time <laughs> <laughs> especially with like drums and, and things like that i'm or like adding a part which i'm always a fan but yeah we're, we're extremely open with each other about it and if someone's like no that i don't like that then we just don't do it but there's a you know i always have a chance to say my piece but i think if, if it helps form a, a song that works better for all of us then why not so with um selective empathy i think again personally this is the track that i feel is the quote best uh, sorry most like quote-unquote traditional hardcore song in terms of structure and and sound and things like that and i think this is the track that a lot of people have kind of picked up of yours um so i don't know like when you kind of wrote this song did you have not that it's it's the single but like is this did you have this particular like format in mind like with the more kind of slow down a part to mosh to a part to two step two and then like the fast abrasive bits yeah still in there as well this one like i kind of briefly mentioned earlier is one that was definitely a lot more collaboratively written like i probably only had um the verses and like maybe an idea or two kind of surrounding it but this is one that i brought in like i have this what what does everyone think and then um so this one was written super collaboratively for sure. Um, I remember that. And um, I think the break, like even like the breakdown, like all that stuff, we changed it a bunch of times and tried different versions of it. Um, yeah, this one, this one was not like <laughs> some of these other tracks we're talking about where it was like came together right away. This one was pieced together um, and it's longer. It's like twice as long. Yeah, it's like twice as long. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like I said, like, you know, it doesn't, there is no steadfast rule. Um, and yeah, this one was more, I think, pieced together in the practice space, kind of everyone contributing um, to the song. And I actually think the breakdown is probably Chris's idea, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, and then uh yeah so the, this one this one was just a complete collaborative effort to say that mm. musically and just in terms of, like you mentioned earlier kind of in terms of like the format of, of the record you kind of had a rough idea of of the track listing and with this pretty much being like the halfway point it is it's, it's, it's the like, end of side day 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously this it kind of almost like indicates like a slight change in in what the second half of the record's going to be like in not in terms of like massively sonically but there's a slight shift in terms of the first like three songs are really like fast abrasive in your face and then you've got this which is a bit more kind of moshy and rhythmic so was that like the the point in this song in some aspects when you were kind of creating the record as a whole that it would be that break point i don't think it was that heady you know what i'm saying like i don't think there was really that much um thought put into it but um you're not you're not incorrect you know what i'm saying like <laughs> and, and i'm a firm believer also in that like once you create something and once it's done um it doesn't really belong to you anymore it kind of belongs to the world and so whatever people hear, whatever subconscious things come out, because um, you're right. I mean, it is, it's the halfway point of the record. I did know that I wanted, once we wrote the breakdown in that, I thought it would be cool if that was the last song on side A. I knew that just because like it slows down to this, just like the slowest, it slows down more and more and more as it goes on. After a pretty chaotic last chorus and everything. Yeah. Um, so I knew that, but yeah, like in terms of like, oh, the next songs are, it's like, now they're just like a collection of songs. <laughs> and then like, and then, and then you're sort of piecing it together from feel, you know, just like what a feeling it gives me going into the next song. So I can hear what you're saying, but it certainly wasn't like, oh, let's, side B is going to be more experimental than side A, you know, it just kind of came out that way. And in terms of kind of the, as I mentioned, like the sound of it is kind of the more, like the most sort of like quote unquote traditional sort of hardcore song for, for my ears anyway. And there's a part in the song where the vocals sound perfect for kind of like, if it was at a live show that you could imagine that would be the, the moment where people are piling on top of you, Sarah, to get the mic sort of thing. So was again, was that something that you were kind of thinking of, of like, having that bigger sound to your vocal, like rather than it being like the sharp bursts that we'd experienced up until that point? Yeah, I think that was pretty intentional. Um, it, like Lane said, this was super collaborative. So I'm pretty sure we worked on it for quite a while. And so I was getting ideas the whole time. Um, and Chris, I think Chris helped me a lot with the vocals on that song too, just kind of coming up with ideas. And Clayton, when we recorded, you know, we did, different tr uh, like tracks over each other just to kind of make it pop but um we've played it live a couple times uh, we, d we did get to like try these songs out before the record came out and I this song is my favorite one to play I love this song and it just you know just like you said there's the parts that are just so strong that it's just really it's kind of like a powerful song and just like in terms of the kind of start of the song is obviously it starts off a bit slower than than the others with that kind of like almost like moshy kind of riff to it to to bring it in and again like I, this might be me kind of like <laughs> overthinking things apparently but was that a conscious thing of like we've we've got these really fast songs so we want to make like I guess that kind of pulls into the collaboration side of it that maybe to kind of pull the reins in a little bit because you are b 
being so like fast and abrasive in in everything else that you're doing I, I definitely remember conversations about like we need to have like a huge breakdown at some point <laughs> like like the breakdown on the record whatever that's going to be um and I think this was the the one for that for sure and like the beginning thing that was I love that part of gets me pumped just the drums um and that was for sure Chris's idea just so yeah I mean this one just kind of came together as like this this certainly was a moshier song no doubt about it um but yeah I don't know it's it's hard to know what's on purpose or you know it just kind of all falls together in a way mm. and in terms of like you guys like saying this is probably the most sort of collaborative song on on the record and obviously it's also the longest one and I, I'm not necessarily saying those two things go hand in hand but do you think that because you this was the chance for all four of you to bring like different elements to it and and also your different personalities to the song that that's why it is kind of become the standout from the record i don't know i mean i just i yeah i don't i don't know i i i the, i like the song a lot and like i said we wanted to definitely have a big breakdown with uh that was memorable and uh yeah I don't, I don't know much i don't know what else was really into it i know i wanted a key change in the middle to break it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so i don't know and just in terms of kind of the the collaborative sort of uh, nature of it sort of thing as well when you were kind of writing it and, and having that sort of experience of like everyone bringing in their things has that kind of like broadened the horizons for entry in terms of like writing in the future like not saying that that's not already happening but to kind of like lessen the burden on you a little bit Clayton that, that you know you can go into the practice space and create these things as a collaborative rather than you coming up with like yeah. the bulk of the ideas yeah. I mean the band started as just like a little fun thing to do on the side like it's just songs that I'd come up with and I was uh appalled that Sarah wasn't singing in a band um, because I had heard her bands before and was just like it's crazy that you're not in a band so um yeah but like now the band has like been these members for a while now and I feel like we are all super bought into it because just for a while it was like sort of my little project that we were just throwing together to make it work for both of us like okay let's get some friends to play with us right now and then some friends to play with us again whenever this happens. And then now that um, we, you know, we live in the same city, we're all bought into the band and a part of it and all that stuff. I definitely feel like it's more of a, a band thing as opposed to like a project, if that makes sense. Like this is the first thing where I feel like it's gone from like, oh, a little fun project to put out tapes and seven inches to like, oh, this is a proper LP of a band who wrote everything together. And even when I'm like, even when, you know, I make it like, I don't want to make it seem like I come in like with this fully thing done and everyone's just me. like, <laughs> I want everyone to like it. And if everyone, is, I just think we all are all on the same page. And like, we do feel that 
we get what we're going for and we've sort of um through a little bit of touring and write, writing together enough now and recording like we have an idea of what that sound is and what we're going for and what is good um, for us so yeah honestly we before we weren't allowed to see each other anymore because <laughs> we're stuck in our houses um we had like recorded some ideas and i think it, everybody brought some riffs to it i think we have something from everybody at this point so it's like it it's cool. more and more collaborative like mm. just working off of each other and and just before we kind of move on, one more thing that I want to touch upon with um, Selective Empathy is this is one of the ones that I could find a little bit more information about that you've spoken about, Sarah. And you kind of, I just want to see if I can get you to elaborate a little bit on it. But you kind of said that this song's sort of about the struggles that people have between sort of themselves and their parents and, and things like that and kind of almost like false sort of promises in some aspects. So can you elaborate a little bit on, on that for me? Yeah, um, this is something that I <laughs> struggle with very hard, and I know a lot of other people as well. Um, or like just in the past few years, like with the news and Facebook and everything, just personally, my family members have just like, be, they've gotten this whole new personality based on all of these things that they see on the internet and just like super like crazy conservative stuff. And just, I, I don't know, just like, it's very hard to handle. But at the same time, it's like I grew up with my parents teaching me to be like accepting and nice and um, just like kind of everything that goes against what they're saying now. It, but, I, but I think that it's just kind of almost like people are brainwashed by what they see on, on the news and online. And, you know, it's like, how do we get them out of this? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's interesting like this isn't to kind of diminish your experience at all because obviously everyone has their own kind of experiences and whatever but because specifically this year it's weird I've been having conversations with my mum who like she's always kind of been a bit sort of like hearsay about the news like doesn't take takes everything with a pinch of salt and everything but specifically around like everything that happened with George Floyd and then everything in our country that's happened around like lockdown and the way our government's handled it kind of thing. My mum's seemed to have become like a lot more sort of like liberal in her thinking because of like people of our generation, like talking about it. So like, I don't know, like, have you kind of found that, that from this song specifically, as I say, where you've kind of spoken about that subject, that people have kind of told you their stories of, of their experiences at all? Definitely. Um, and it's it's pretty widespread. I mean, a lot of people I think my age are just dealing with the exact same thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, because what you're saying, of course, it, it is true, but, um, and you know, that, that is your experience and many people are having that same experience of people being push, pushed left in their lives. But, um, you know, with that also comes people being pushed to the right. And yeah. um, especially yeah. with, uh, like she had mentioned, Facebook and sort of the um, endless um, feedback loop that can be put into people's minds um, via 
that because the sharing of information with people who only agree with you, um, who only have your yeah, it's like a, it's like an echo chamber. Isn't it, it is right. So yeah, um, so people are pushed the other way, and you know we're living in a country specifically where you know um, over seventy million people voted to keep Donald Trump in office. Um, so and that's I, I think something like nine million more people than voted for him the first time. So. Um, there's actually, there's a bigger left movement and there's a bigger right movement um, than there has been in, in recent times. And so um, we're all just kind of dealing with that sort of, um, in a way, it, you, people are becoming radicalized one way or the other in, in some way. Yeah. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of lingering stuff going on. You know, people are being pushed in what we consider to be a uh, a dangerous direction yeah so. and that makes things just much more tumultuous when it's just completely everyone's just dividing further and further yeah and just as we're kind of on the subject so obviously currently your country's sort of in this transition period where joe biden is going to be coming in in, in january sort of thing so how are you kind of feeling with things at the moment in terms of presidency and how things are changing in your country it's a positive that donald trump is leaving <laughs> obviously <laughs> like we hate him he's the worst uh but overall i mean i just think that if there's anything in the past 10 years that i've learned so much about how messed up the, the whole government is no matter what and joe biden is no saint so <laughs> yeah that, there's a lot of work to do and I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know, they're we're we're just in stuck in mud right now. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think mixed emotions because um of course, yeah, Donald Trump um represents that sort of ugly side of America, I think. Uh, mm. the uh racist, xenophobic um past that are that america seems uh unwilling to deal with and um put out as a uh, real thing that we need to actually discuss and um you know joe Biden. you know so i'm happy that donald trump is out of office but joe biden also represents um the democratic establishment which in, in the case of america that's you know a lot of times that's uh, tied into the sort of war profiteer um, world, which is something that I'm extremely anti-war, extremely um, against that entire sort of sector of capitalism, especially. And so um, the, it's the beginning of a new different fight about um, trying, you know, and of course, having someone who's, you know, a uh, left-leaning i suppose person in office um hopefully things can go that way but we're gonna have to fight for that stuff and you know under barack obama not to go too far in this, but you know under barack obama uh we had more deportations than under any president in american history and joe biden was his vice president he's hiring a lot of the same people that were hired during the obama administration um and we live in los angeles which is a community full of people who are um you know perhaps illegally here 
um, people who uh, are in grave danger of their, them or their families being deported at any moment. So there's a lot of fights to continue on and uh, Donald Trump being out of office is not nearly enough. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, just sort of, it's just sort of getting that ugliness out off the TV and away from people and hope that maybe some more respectful conversation can come up as a result, but the problems are just as serious and just as grave. Yeah, unfortunately, I think he also left a lasting mark. Uh, and people are just, I mean, I've seen things being like, I'm no longer a Republican, I'm a MAGA follower, you know, like. Oh, God. So it's just like, and oh. I mean, you know, and, you know, it went, it came through to your country, you know, I mean, Boris Johnson is a, are you, I think you there. Oh, sorry, yeah, you got paused up there. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Boris Johnson and uh, that whole movement and the Brexit movement in in England is uh, a disturbing, <laughs> disturbing reality. Yeah, tell me about you know, it. yeah, tell me about and, it. And uh, that certainly, I think, comes from just the entire Western influence. It's not just America; it's this Western uh, hyper capitalist uh, influence. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a worldwide issue. You know, Europe in general is going right. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's like, obviously, we're kind of, the day we're recording this is meant to be our, like, cut-off point for the Brexit negotiations and all that malarkey. And it's, they're still not getting anywhere they want to do. And it's just one of those things that everyone over here is just getting completely fed up with. So, it's, yeah. Yeah. I think there's enough political talk. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we've lived through some of the bottom barrel years. You know, yeah. you, you, I read I read a great thing that Brian Eno wrote um, just about Donald Trump and saying like, maybe this is this is rock bottom. Like when you're an alcoholic and you have to hit that rock bottom to get better and realize that things are so bad. Like, I think people like us probably have been aware of these problems for a long time and we're talking about them you know, um, during any uh, time, but hopefully society in general has been awoken to all of these things. And we see that the uh, Boris Johnsons and Donald Trumps of the world are not going to help us. So these feelings, like, I'm going to go straight off with the way it starts, is with that, like, squealing guitar tone, like, straight off the bat, which I think, for me, like, really evoked, like, that kind of early sort of 2000s, like, hardcore sound. Again, I might be thinking way too much into this, but was that a conscious point to put that guitar, like, sound at the beginning of the song? This was one that uh, Sean brought in. Yeah. Um, he had the verse and chorus um, riffs, and we worked off that. And then, but yeah, the, the, the sort of like high up squealy guitar thing, that's for sure, like you said, kind of referencing the like, I don't know if you into like Dasoth or like the sort of, 
early 2000s youth attack sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a, a reference in, in what we were doing there, but it's, it's kind of also like music, like the riff itself. Like I think Sean was more referencing like the like street punk, like global threat kind of thing. And like Sean and I were both, um, we both grew up in Southern California and we're both like super into the um, street punk sound. And that was kind of a big thing when we were teenagers doing. So that, I think it's a mixture of that sort of uh, hyper aggressive youth attack thing. And then a little of our uh, love of street punk. <laughs> yeah. And I think like the, the street punk sort of side of things, it kind of makes sense because with a lot of street punk, there's kind of like that repetition of, of like sounds and riffs. And with that specific squeal of the guitar, it obviously loops back around and comes in again about halfway through the song kind of thing. So again, was that sort of like the feel that you were going for? Was that kind of almost like circular kind of feel to the song? Yeah, I think it was just like catchy part, catchy part, and then uh, do it do it twice you know otherwise it's a 30 second <laughs> yeah. song and uh yeah but yeah i mean for sure falling in more in line with that sort of uh street punk style of song i guess and again sarah with with the title of this one again it's kind of similar to vulnerable in terms that it can be sort of open to interpretation because i mean have it saying these feelings in is probably the broadest term that you could use sort of thing so is that again was that something that you were looking to invoke or is it again something more specific for you um kind of both again i you know i, I like i said i write it person from a personal perspective of something but going back to what clayton said earlier it's like once the song is done it's not you know it's everyone else's <laughs> And but, but was there like anything that you were kind of like being specific with on this song at all? Yeah, I it's it's really just goes with like you know dealing with anxiety and depression, and then also um, figuring out whether or not you know how to deal with it if if you want to try medication or you know just there's a line that says it's ineffective if I can't trust it, and that. That references like me having taken some anti-excuse me anti-anxiety medication before, but being so anxious about the side effects of medication, you know, it just mm. I don't know if it worked. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I was anxious about taking it already. So you know, just stuff like that. But I but I think a lot of people deal with things like very similar things like that. Mm. And just because like some of the subject matter you're you're bringing to the table like as you say on this like the whole kind of uh anxiety or depression and you mentioned earlier like dealing with like trauma and stuff and this is more of a question directed for you Clayton in terms of and I'm, I'm this is probably going to sound like a really stupid question because I probably know the answer but when you're kind of confronted with like topics that can be quite hard hitting do you kind of like have to kind of like trust in what Sarah's saying or do you kind of like want to sort of like hear it over and kind of think like okay maybe that is a bit too on the nose kind of thing uh no I mean I mean first of all I I find Jared Sarah to be a genuine person 
Um, so as long as there's um, a genuine um, message and she is conveying it in as, again, like this is a band about being angry and channeling that and using that. Um, so as long as that is there and I think all of us in the band feel like as long as that um, effort is there and she's putting in everything that she genuinely feels about it and there's the genuine feeling behind it, that's that's all I care about. And like, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't, for especially this style of vocals, it's like, it doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to sound like you're fucking mad. Like it needs to sound like what you're saying um, is you have to scream it, you know? So uh, lyrically, I, I don't try and get in the way too much because I want her to feel like inspired. And that's sort of the most, the feeling is more important to me than the actual words itself. You know, I think that's kind of true with language in general anyway. So as long as you're getting your message across, that's what's most important. Yeah. And I'm going to go to flip this and kind of bring a, an element that you talk you of your music Clayton to bring it on to you Sarah but like obviously with the kind of like slight changes in, in style and inspirations that run throughout the tracks on this record like I, I know you you've already mentioned like you're a fan of kind of like different aspects of, of hardcore but when kind of like you're given a song that has either a bit more of a street punk feel or a bit more of like a straight up punk feel to it. Is that something that, that you kind of feel like, come on guys, just give me like a base or do you like that kind of like changing up of styles? I like the change because then it's like, I get to be in a couple different bands without having to start a couple <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I, I like that. So uh, with Not Your Decision, obviously, this one starts with you, Sarah. So what was the reasoning behind you wanting to, to come, come in with the, with the count with this song? God, we actually, we actually put it back a little because I, I came in right away at first. And then we were like, no, we need a little bit of space there. But um, it just felt really strong, I think. It just kind of worked there. I don't know. This was a tough, this was a really hard song for me. I feel like we struggled with it. We changed it a lot. The count in was my idea though. Yeah, that was definitely uh, your idea. Th that, that's, um, I'm a like Ramon super fan. They're like uh, one of my all time favorites. And I always love, especially if you listen to like Loco Live or the live stuff or ever check out any of their live stuff, D counts in every song. And a lot of times it's actually not even to the actual tempo of the song. Every single <laughs> yeah. song, one, two, three, four, every song, regardless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I just thought that was incredible. So that, that was something that I pushed for super hard. I was like, I really want to do a song with a one, two, three, four count in. I totally um, blanked on yeah. what you were even talking about. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was something that I was like, I want. And then we actually messed with the idea of uh, putting in Didi 
instead. Oh, okay. We cut it in and it just didn't sound quite right, but we messed with the idea actually of having Dee Dee say it. Um, That's cool. That's fun for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And actually I wrote the song to like, I wanted um, this specific kind of feel, which um, is referencing this uh, kind of later mid period exploited record, this record called Horror Epics from the mid eighties. It's one of their lesser known records, but I think is like low key genius and totally not recognized. Um, and they have a specific feel that that was from, and I wanted to write a song in that kind of feel. Um, it's like a slowed down Ramones beat almost. And, right, and okay. Um, so it's like, it's basically the Ramones drum beat, but slightly slowed down and just a little, slightly different feel. But I actually found the backing track of a specific slower Ramon song that has the exact beat. And so I wrote the song around this drum loop. So like, I like came, I found the drum loop and was like, okay, like this is the idea for what the drums would be. Um, and then the rest of it was written collaboratively, kind of like, oh, we should do a faster part here. We should do this, but like, yeah. Yeah, basically it was, I, I wanted to write a weird Ramon song for entry. <laughs> this is your tribute to the Ramones. It's, yeah, it's, it's my bizarre tribute to the Ramones. I guess thinking about it too, everyone comes in at the same time, so the count kind of helps with that. Yeah, and it's most fun. of the other songs too. are either like guitar first or drums first, but this one is like. And we do it live too, and it's fun to like let the feedback go out and wait and like let that moment sit and then Sarah counts it in. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just a fun, fun thing. And was it all, because like, you mentioned there, like, toying with having, actually putting, like, the DD bit in, but when you kind of made the decision for it to be you, Sarah, was it always going to be shouted? Because, like, there could have been, like, the conscious effort to just sort of say it normally tried, and then go I, into I think the we tried a few different ways. Yeah, it's... Mm. sound <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> yeah we, sure, we tried doing it like dd you tried doing there's probably like 17 tracks somewhere me <laughs> <laughs> just downing at the wrong tempo you know whatever <laughs> you mentioned that you could kind of struggle with this song so what 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 did you struggle with so much i don't know i felt like i love this song like i love the music and I didn't know where to come in. I, I I don't know. It was just one of those where I was like trying to write to it and I was like, this is impossible. And finally it worked, but I, I'm i pretty sure I wrote a whole different song before and then just like threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> and then in t- you mentioned that obviously for you, Clayton, this is kind of like your ode to, to the Ramones, but there's still obviously like hardcore elements in there and there's a nice like sort of chunky little bit that the old mosh kid in me would have loved to have two-step to sort of thing so not that you were kind of like oh no we still need to make this a hardcore song but did you kind of like want to like interweave that element of like I guess like what the Ramones kind of stood for and what you guys are bringing in terms of modern hardcore and weave those together yeah and like I said like sort of like it's a, it's also like like I said like it's kind of directly not not anything specifically musically but like there's a um, 
sort of melody that the bass is carrying throughout that I kind of took from the exploited specifically like they would they did this cool thing with these like chunky guitar parts and then there's like a little melodic bass underneath um and so I had that in my head um but yeah I mean I know it has to be hardcore and I'm not trying to write a Ramon song I just thought oh that would be cool it'd be cool to throw that in there and in terms of like when you kind of did settle with the what you wanted this song to be Sarah like obviously the again the song the song title can kind of be open to interpretation a little bit but I feel like this one like you did not that the others don't but this one kind of feels like there's a direct message in there so was that kind of where you were kind of pulling from in this one um yeah this one this, this one's this is just a, such a weird song but uh, like someone interviewed me before and they like told me what the song was about and I was like oh really it's like what and they were like it's about this right and I was like where did you get that from <laughs> it's really bizarre uh, I hope no one read that one but uh no this is just like a very um I, I, I want to go ahead and say it's like kind of a more feminist song where yeah that's kind of what the the inclusion i was getting yeah i mean just you know not owing anything to men because if you find yourself in this situation like i do at times where even in just conversation people just expect you to tell them what they want to hear and it's like no i i don't have to give you that <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's it's really that's that's basically what this song is for me, and I know it is open to interpretation as well, but that's that's my take on it. And just because, like, obviously each song has different sort of themes and and things like that, and like not to say you're not, but outwardly, entry doesn't seem like the band that's like throwing like we're a feminist band in front and center whereas some bands do if that makes sense yeah but did you kind of feel that you needed to write a song that broached that at all or because as we've mentioned earlier like you write very much in the moment was that just kind of where your headspace was at, at that time yeah definitely just where my headspace was not mm. that I'm we're not you know into feminism and things like that no of course I I definitely I personally feel that um other people convey those things better than I do. And where I'm I'm kind of in a position where I just like learning, uh, kind of like listening to what other people have to say. And I think that things are always evolving. So for me, I just, if I can't put it into words very well, then I'm probably just not going to say it. It doesn't <laughs> mean that I don't enough. feel that way, you know? No, that's fair enough. And I like, I'm very similar in terms of, if someone can say what I'm thinking a thousand times better, I'll let them say it sort of thing. Exactly. We 
with control i'm gonna be completely honest this is probably my favorite song on the record um which is strange because normally like my normal headspace would go for selective empathy because it's got all the elements of hardcore that i love on it but there's i think again going back to the hooky guitar on this track in particular is one that like really sticks with me and for for it to be kind of late in the album like not that the album's long it's like what, 15 minutes <laughs> tops. but like it kind of ke keeps your interest so again kind of like thinking of like track space and stuff just because of obviously what we've co got coming next was this kind of like the idea of like oh no we we still want to keep your attention we've still got that brevity of the tracks but we're still we'll throw you a bit of a curveball with with the guitar hook kind of thing um i feel like we had it earlier before yeah um also i think they trusted me or they didn't know that they were trusting me because uh part of it is that like it's a pretty simple chord progression but i had all the ideas for the leads and all the sort of there's like some spatial guitar stuff for the layer yeah because this is i think this is the one where it's most obvious like guitar leads and yeah, things in there whereas sure. everything else is a bit more kind of chaotic and sporadic and works together kind of thing yeah yeah um and uh but this one also definitely fits into uh we were talking about earlier the uh tragedy from ashes rise um well-crafted punk song using the dp sort of formula i guess pretty obvious <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um and even like the idea that like like the verses are faster and then the chorus kind of slows down that's like a super like tragedy has tons of those like three minute songs that are like that kind of style where the chorus is like more evil or something in a way um so it's it's definitely referencing that kind of thing and um yeah this one i I think just instinctively, we probably knew this one was going to be a later track on the record, but in the moment, it was just kind of, you know, coming together. Mm. And we've obviously mentioned that kind of some of the tracks on this record, like the titles and themes can kind of been open to interpretation. But I think this is the one that kind of is very like on nail on the head, like it's obvious what you're kind of talking about. So again, was that kind of a conscious decision that you didn't want there to be any ambiguity in this song at all? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this one actually, I think is a little more ambiguous. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 cause honestly, I think that, I don't know. I think that it is relatable, pretty relatable, um, in a few different ways, but, uh, no, I just, I, I, Again, I think this might be another one where I wrote a different song, and I was like, no. And so I, I think this was written pretty last minute, um, but uh, it's tough. It's tough to talk about this one. But yeah, just dealing with kind of you know addictions and things like that. I, uh, you know, and just kind of you know getting control back, and even if you don't have it, you know, telling yourself you do, kind of forcing it, forcing yourself into it. You know, getting good habits. 
So yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Well, because that's kind of like not that necessarily sort of like the dealing with addiction sort of side of things, but like that. I guess the more overarching sort of idea of taking back control is kind of what I was getting at in terms of like the the being the nail on the head and like obviously like a lot of what you're talking about is kind of not bleak but it's got like a darker side to it and obviously there's kind of elements of of as you as we mentioned earlier sort of like mental health and trauma and things like that but this almost kind of feels like a kind of triumphant in in that aspect of that is taking back control so I don't know was that kind of something that you were thinking about when writing this song that okay I've I've addressed the issue of trauma I've, I've addressed like anxiety and depression but I need something that will show positivity and lifting up or am I again am I thinking way too much into this I know I'm trying to dig into my subconscious right now <laughs> to figure it out um I mean I suppose so I mean it is something that I am and have overcome very much so in in that way I guess so and it is somewhat a positive ending it's a constant struggle but a positive ending so yeah but I I just meant in terms of kind of like in terms of the theme of the the album like because it is not to make it sound like diminishing again but like that kind of feeling of taking back control can be something that's triumphant and the fact that it's later on not it's not the end point of the record but in some ways it is because of what comes next like it kind of leaves you with that feeling of like oh no I can take control of my life despite all the shit that's going on was that kind of a feeling that you wanted people to have you know and I hadn't even thought of that but Maybe, yeah. yeah. Like, I think you're kind of tapping into the subconscious levels yeah. of being in a band, you know, like, it's not something that you're, like, on, you know, like, discussing it openly, or even, like, having discussions about, or um, that she's telling us, um, but what feels right feels right, and there's probably a reason for that, you know? I'm just playing armchair therapist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah right. Like you're, you're analyzing something that we uh, we don't even know why we do it. <laughs> That's fair. I enough. think now I know. So. <laughs> well, there we go. I've I've helped in some aspect. <laughs> ends on a completely different tone from what we've heard for the previous eight tracks but there's again I might be reading too much into this there seems to be a little nugget of like how the album started in there so with demons is the riff that runs through it is it an iteration of the intro riff because to me to my ear it sounds similar just slower and down tune um it's actually well first of all it's actually not down tuned at all oh okay it's just a heavy riff i guess um (laughs) and i and i recorded the guitar and like uh, i did the chords in a couple different spots to make it sound thicker and like put some kind of weird droney notes in there um just to 
picking it up, but this one actually was like uh, something I came up with um, right before we started recording. And was just like, I really wanna do something that's hyper repetitive um, with this riff. And I just like came up with that. And then we actually, if I'm not mistaken, essentially wrote it while we were recording it. I mean, oh wow, like, okay. I had the idea, but then we were like, let's just, um, I don't know, like Chris pretty much, I think we kind of tried a di different versions and he kind of improvised what ended up being the drums. Um, and then we kind of built the track around that in a way. It was like, I built the track around like the repetitive riff and he wrote some drums. And then I kind of like, we just built the Sonic, like it's super layered. There's, there's like actual like noise tracks going on in the background. There's probably four guitar tracks, two bass tracks, like just like, a lot of vocal tracks a lot of vocal tracks like this one is just like wall of sound um just punishing in that way which is something we hadn't really done before but i don't know if it i don't know exactly why but for some reason be, right before we started recording i was like i think there's one more song that would be perfect and this just kind of came really came together really fast. It's our thank you song to Greg for <laughs> putting the record out. But, <laughs> yeah. a heavy song Unknowing, yeah. Unknowingly, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one is just, uh, yeah, it's it's more like the, the wall of sound is doing more of the talking, I think, than on the rest of the record. Hmm. And I know you've mentioned obviously it kind of came like as you were recording sort of thing but because obviously how fast and ferocious the rest of the record was was there ever a moment of you kind of thinking like this is too much of a left turn to put it on the record or were you really set in your mind I, never, I never doubted it honestly I didn't like personally like to me it was like this is an this is another way to um get across like it's punishing in a different way you know, and like in the end, like I said, that rage and that sort of punishment sonically is what we're going for. So if it's a slow song, whatever, like I don't really care if it's fast or slow as long as it's punishing and angry and hard. Okay. <laughs> and we all love it. So it stayed. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so like when I've been doing these sort of track by track ones, I've been asking people what their favorite track of the record is and this is one that a lot of people kind of said was their favorite so it's obviously it was a good thing it did stay in there yeah I'm, I'm actually really i'm really proud of it and i feel like it's a really interesting way for the record to end and um i'm really happy that i feel like it does tie like you said like it does musically a little bit tie in the beginning slow intro to the ending for sure um and i do like those musical kind of tie-ins but it's not it's not directly directly referencing that by any means but it was certainly meant to be the end of the record and be slow menacing ending 
and even like adding all the reverb to the vocals and like sort of like throwing in a slight um almost like our love of like you know death metal and that type of stuff like just a little hint of that sort of dark energy there mm. and for you sarah obviously like i said earlier like your voice is almost like the constant that's throughout the record but obviously on this song you are kind of doing something a little bit different obviously with the addition of of the reverb and as you mentioned like different vocal tracks and things like that so was that something that you kind of enjoyed like experimenting with your voice as well yeah i love this song <laughs> i was like all right i'm gonna do like a really deep thing on this one and it, it's gonna be great so yeah it was fun i mean i probably did like took like 10 vocal tracks just overall doing it and just all sorts of all different things but and but with the like repetition side of it, because obviously like again you're kind of mimicking the the repetition of of what's happening with the music with your voice. So was I don't know like I don't want to say like that got monotonous because it's the same thing over and over. But like I don't know, did that give you scope to play with it a bit more because it was a repetition? Yeah, uh, definitely. I like the first couple. I wanted to be kind of the same, but at times I was able to change it and just have fun with it and for for me my favorite part of that whole song is just the changes in the drums and so i just you know i go with that kind of when i'm doing vocals and just because you've said like you've had the opportunity to do some of these songs live is, is that a song that you you play live we did we we just did a um not just did a, a couple months back we did a live stream with our uh our friend uh who's been doing these like hardcore matinees on sundays um, over live stream and we played it for the first time then and actually I was surprised how it it felt good so I think it probably will once shows are uh, back it'll, up. it'll creep into it, the set it, it, yeah maybe not I mean we'll see I mean you know we like to play short so anything long is always uh <laughs> you know we like <laughs> yeah. to play for like 15 minutes max I mean I think like you said like this I think it's cool that Sarah kind of is um there's not a lot of lyrics to the song either the whole song is a it's it's beaten into you musically and lyrically there's you know so I, I just think uh it came together really naturally that way and I'm, I'm really happy with how it ends the record and how the band almost like falls apart at the end and like <laughs> yeah. just kind of and that was like a that was a happy accident for sure of just like Chris improvising on the drums and literally being like just let's just do this amount of times but then just stop when you feel like it and just like literally just psychic like this is the moment it ends you know like we just didn't even talk about it just it happened and then we were like that's it yeah I watched it happen and I was just like that was it like we were literally sitting there <laughs> yeah. doing it and we all I think felt like shit that was it you know that's cool and just let it let it stand so yeah
but obviously like now the record's out and obviously we're in a weird fucking time with this whole pandemic and everything like that but as i mentioned earlier because obviously this record's out on um southern lord it's probably got a few more ears on it than it may have had otherwise and things like that but what's kind of your relationship with the record now because as you mentioned recorded 2019 obviously been out now like how do you kind of feel with it now that it's done and sort of how has your relationship with it sort of grown now that you've seen fans react with it um personally i mean i i certainly think it's our best record and it's the one that defines um the four of us now and what the band is and i i'm happy that this is our lp um uh, I'm thrilled with it. I'm thrilled with the way the artwork came out and, um, you know, that the people at Southern Lord were kind enough to believe in us like that and all that stuff. Um, but it, it feels a little, you know, it's obviously a little disappointing that, you know, we wanted to do a little touring around it and, you know, play some shows and sort of get that feedback that way. And, you know, and you know, like we're, I think we consider ourselves part of the punk community and it feels like we haven't gotten to be a part of it since the record came out. So that's, you know, that that part of it, I think feels a little unresolved, but um, with the way the actual record itself came out, um, I think we were like thrilled with the way the artwork came out and all of that stuff and how all of that ties into the whole record, so. I'm super, super proud of it, and um, I want, but I would like to um, play some shows on it, so hopefully <laughs> yeah. that would, uh, you want to add it? I mean, that sums it up pretty well. I just really want to play the songs live. <laughs> like I said, we, we were able to play a couple before where we were just kind of trying them out, but. Not know. since the record came out. Oh, yeah, not since the record came out. We have not. And just from like a fan perspective, what's kind of like the the feedback been? It's been awesome, honestly. I mean, and like I think, you know, um, people. I don't know. I, I'm I'm more than happy with if anyone's listening to it. That's awesome, you know. And um, the fact that uh, Southern Lord has, you know, a, a big connection to Europe and being able to do interviews and um, talk to people from different countries about our band that mostly plays around Los Angeles. It's kind of surreal and crazy. So <laughs> yeah. um, anyone connecting to it, I'm more than happy for, but um, I try and look at things more from like, as long as I'm proud of it, you know, I don't particularly care what anyone thinks about it <laughs> that's just kind of for me personally but um i'm i'm i've been very flattered by lots of friends and people reaching out and like i said people from other countries that's surreal yeah that's probably sure. the craziest part for me it's just like getting to talk to people from all over the place like someone in like argentina is like i like your record and i'm like what you know that's wild so that's pretty cool but uh, yeah, I mean, we're really happy with it. Just want to play, I think. Perfect, brilliant, Sarah Clayton. Thank you very much for for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, who knows? If I could, if I could throw in something just about the artwork real fast, like yeah, yeah, of course, for, yeah. But um, just 
uh, our friend Katie Krulock took all the photos um, based kind of on the lyrics. Like we sent her the lyrics and she came up with some ideas for photography and she did some rad photo shoots with her friend. And then we brought it to uh, Emma Mottman, who's the art director at Southern Lord. And she helped us take those photographs and turn it into what I think is an absolutely beautiful vinyl package yeah. um, that I'm beyond thrilled with. And, um, you know, the fact that it has this three different women touched it and it has this feminine um, touch to it in that way, just because it was done that way. And that it was a woman photographing a woman with the artwork done by a woman. Like, I love that all of that ties together. And that wasn't like forced or anything on purpose. It's just like that is how it was supposed to be. And the fact that it all came together that way and it looks as good as it does. Like, I'm just yeah beyond thrilled. And I just want to like shout those people out because they did a really amazing job. And, you know, it, it does kind of tie everything together. Yeah. And I think it's quite interesting that, so like in doing some reading about you guys before us having this chat, a lot of people have commented on the artwork. So it obviously paid dividends kind of thing. Yeah. It means a lot to us and it means a lot to work with really gifted artists that put themselves into the artwork. And that I think comes across. Yeah. Perfect. Brilliant. Well, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank for, you. For yeah, thank I really appreciate it. And who knows, might have you here in the UK at some point. Yeah, that's, that's uh, for sure the goal and we would love to get over there. So, uh, if that does happen, certainly please reach out. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Thank yeah. you.